God is good. All the time. Amen. The Word of God says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any wild animals the Lord had made, the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from your when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then, there, then the eyes of both of them were open. And they realized they were naked, so they threw some fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the, God, of the Lord God and was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer together. Doug, would you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Doug. They hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. I want to share with you a little while this morning. Brother Charles already titled my sermon this morning uh, during Sunday school, just so he knows. You cannot hide. You cannot hide. I've had a lot of folks ask me over the years, where do you come up with sermon ideas? And I'm, I'm so glad to tell you that I'm, it's not me, it's God that gives me uh, the scriptures to look at and titles to think about. The other night I was laying in bed. I don't know how many of y'all ever do this. It's about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and you got them big saucer eyes. Any of the rest of you ever get those? And when you get those big saucer eyes is when all these thoughts are going through your brain. And out of nowhere I started thinking about the scripture over in Genesis about Adam and Eve. And there's a lot of sermons that I've preached, a lot of different sermons on that scripture as well. But the key thing that I think that we need to think about with Adam and Eve is they thought they could hide from God. Do you know something? You can't hide from God. Have you ever played hide-and-go-seek before? Some of you older folks may. The rest of you youngers, you just do it on your phone, don't you? But when I grew up in Pike County, many, many years ago, one of our favorite things to do was play hide-and-go-seek. And we would get together every day, almost every day, when it wasn't raining or anything. And me and my friends would go out and play hide-and-go-seek. Now, when you're living in Pike County and you're living in an old coal mining town, let me tell you what, there are some good places to hide. And we would go out every afternoon, and I knew all where all the old coal mining houses was that nobody lived in and all the different things that went on with the coal mine. And we'd go out and we'd hide and we'd hide and hide and have all kinds of love 
I love the part of going hiding. I didn't like the seeking part. Did y'all like the hiding or the seeker? Was you a hider or was you a seeker, right? And hide and go seek was something fun to do. Well, see, that started, you didn't even know when that started, did you? That started all the way over in Genesis. How that Adam and Eve said to themselves, all of a sudden, you know, it's amazing how the old devil, in my Bible, the scripture I read to you this morning is on page four. I don't know what page it is in your Bible, but it sure didn't take the devil very long to get into things, did it? Only two chapters in the Bible. Already in verse three, here's the devil. Already tempting somebody and somebody falling victim to what the devil had them to do. Of course, Adam blamed who? Eve. And Eve sort of led Adam down that path, but they both did something that they was contrary to the will of God. And instead of owning up to what they had done, what did they do? They made excuses and they went and hid. And they thought in their own little minds, in their own little minds, they thought that they would be able to hide from God. And God would never, ever find them. And God would never, ever, ever find out what they had done. But we know better than that, don't we? I would say at the exact moment, they took a bite, they ascended against God, that God is not going to be happy with them, all of a sudden they decided that they had to find a way out, didn't they? All of a sudden they had to say, you know, we've done something wrong with God. God is not going to be pleased with me. And now I am going to try to hide my sins. Does that happen any today? Happens a lot, doesn't it? People want to cover up their sins. People want to say, I can do these things and I can get away with it. Nobody's going to find out about it. Everything's going to be all right. Nobody's going to know what I have done. Guess what? God will find out what you have done. It is scary to know. I'm glad I can't read anybody's mind, aren't you? I've always thought it'd be interesting when I'm preaching to think, what are people thinking when they're all, all looking at me? But I'm glad to know I, I don't know what sin you have in your life. I don't know what you're hiding from God. I don't know what your past looks like, and I don't know what the last few days looks like, because you don't know what my past looks like. You don't know what the past few days looks like in my life. You don't know what sins I've committed in my life. I don't know all the sins that you committed in your life. But you know something? God knows them all. Amen? God knows them all. So first of all, you could, we cannot hide our sins from God. Over in Matthew chapter 19, we talk about and we see the rich young ruler. He came to Jesus and asked Jesus this simple question. What good thing must I do to have that eternal life? To have heaven as my home? And Jesus said, well, the basics, right? Keep, keep the what? Ten Commandments. Live by those. And he says back to Jesus, what does he say? I keep all of those things. I believe, sort of, kind of, he came to Jesus wanting a, a pat on the back, didn't he? He wanted Jesus just to look at him and say, Oh, you're perfect. There's nothing wrong with you. You've done 
everything that you are supposed to do and there is nothing you need to change. But you see, Jesus was able to look a little deeper, wasn't he? After, even after he said, I know you've done your best to keep all those commandments, but you need to go sell all your wealth, give all your wealth away to help the needy and the poor and to help the others around about you. What did the rich young ruler do? He said, okay, I'm going to go do that. No problem, Jesus. I'm, I'm willing to go do whatever you want me to do. No, what did he do? Scripture just basically says he, what? Walked away, left sadly. So often that's us, isn't it? We love to hear what people say and Jesus say about what we're doing right in our life, in our hearts, in our life. We love it when we hear good things about us and all of those type of things and we pray to God and we say, God, is there anything in my life I need to change? And we're hoping he'll come back and say, oh, what? Oh, no. You're just right. You've not had any sins in your life. You've not done anything wrong in your life. You are doing exactly what you should do. But we all know something, and I've said it, and you've said it. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, isn't it? So that means we're all in the same boat together. So we have to realize that we all have sin. It's just important what we do with that sin in our life. Do we leave sadly when it's pointed out to us? Or do we take responsibility for that sin? My mama loved her to death. <laughs> Mom was five foot tall with her hair fixed. And she was the disciplinarian in our house. And my dad would be the one that would just want to talk to me and talk to me and talk to me. And he would wear me out just talking to me about things that I had done. But my mom was on the other different side of the spectrum. She was the one, none of you kids probably know anything about this, but she was the one that you would say, honey, go out and get your limb off the tree. She was the one who took care of that real quick. Of course, I learned a long time ago when I was young never to go out and get one that was brittle. You had to get, because mom would hit you a little harder uh, because of that. And I had to go back out and get me another one. But mom loves sitting down and just reading my mind. I always tell Sheila, Sheila thinks it's funny. I'll think of something, she'll think of something, she'll say, why did you remember that? And I'll say, I have ESPN. <laughs> I think mom had ESPN. So I could sit down with mom right across in front of me, and she would look at my eyeballs, square at me. And she'd say, honey, is there something you want to tell me? Is there something you need to tell me? Of course, I would start out like any good preacher's kid. I started out saying, oh, mo no, mama. I ain't done anything wrong. No, not done anything wrong. I didn't really want to look at her because it's like those eyes just sort of stared right through you. Like she knew exactly what she'd do. But all of a sudden, she'd sort of turn that head a little bit to the right. And I knew right then I better tell the truth. And I'd start, I told her what she wanted to hear, and I'd, I'd give her some bonus prizes. <laughs> some other things that I had done, just because Mama could look right into me. You know what? Right now, God's looking what? Right into you. And he's turned his head. And he knows exactly what you've done. 
He knows exactly what sins you have committed in your life. And He knows you can't hide. He knows where you live, doesn't He? For me and Tim, He knows every hair on our head, doesn't He, Tim? He knows everything about us. God knows what you've done. And what's so grateful, and it's things that I don't understand, a lot of things I don't understand in life. All you have to do is ask forgiveness of that sin, and God forgives you. I don't know why people walk around with that sin forever, do you all? Oh, God can't forgive me. I'm, I'm a terrible sinner. God can't forgive me for what I've done. I want to tell you something. God can because His Son died upon an old rugged cross. For what reason? For glory? No. For everybody to look at Him and say how good He was? No. He died upon the cross for your sins. And all He asks you to do is, don't hide them from me. I know what they are. No reason to hide them. I've got them right here in the little book, don't I? I know exactly what you've done. And all you have to be willing to do is ask forgiveness of that. So this morning, we can all say we cannot hide our sins from God today. Next, we cannot hide our growth as a Christian. Over in Acts eleven twenty-five 25 through 26, it says, Then Barnabas went to Tars to, to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. When I say the word Christian, or somebody says they are a Christian, what comes to your mind? Well, preacher, I've heard you say this before, and I've heard other people say this before, when you are a Christian, you are supposed to be what? Christ-like, right? Christ-like. So what does that mean? Well, I believe after the first day that you are saved, and every day, that means you are trying to be more like Christ when? All the time. Every day you're trying to grow and give more to Christ and be more like Christ. Well, when you're being more like Christ, I wrote down a few things that you would, if you are Christ-like, that would change in your life and you'd show growth in your life, things that you can't hide if you're not doing them. First of all, I believe you will have the mindset of Christ. The mindset of Christ. So what would that look like? I believe that means that you'd be a little more humble, wouldn't you? You put others first. You'd be willing to do the work of Christ. You'd be willing to do whatever God asks you today. You would learn how to forgive others. You would learn how to take what Christ has given you as far as talents and abilities. You would be willing to take those things and not only know you have them, but you would be willing to use them. And I also believe that being Christ-like, you wouldn't just be a Christian on Sunday morning or on Wednesday night at recharge or during Sunday school. You would be a, a Christian 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And every day as a Christian, you would be just like Jesus. 
You'd be out witnessing. You'd be out sharing with somebody. You would be telling them about Christ. You'd be praying with them, and you would be helping them every day. I believe as a Christian, we, we need to see growth in our Christianity. A few years ago, Sheila and I found a tape. For all of you know, don't know, a long time ago, we had these little things called tapes. And you had a tape player that you could put it in there. It wasn't on your phone. You had to have it. You had to hold it, and it wouldn't. you couldn't really use it from back here. It had to be up pretty close. Well, we still had a tape player, and I found an old tape of the first sermon I ever preached when I became a preacher. I'm on churches now, back in 1987. Figure that out. That's a bunch of years ago, isn't it? Need a calculator. <laughs> that's on your phone, too. Used to be we had to carry those around, but that's on your phone. That's on your phone, too. But we found a tape of my first sermon I ever preached at Mount Carmel United Methodist Church over in Adair County. First sermon. And I started listening to that. <laughs> Bless those people's heart. I, first two or three minutes, it was, oh, it was rough. It was, I'm glad there wasn't video. <laughs> that would be worse. I listened to that and Got through it, and she listened to it, and we got through it. And I looked at her, and I said, well, what do you think? <laughs> and she says, well, honey, you've got better. Oh, great. Well, I think when you preach, you do get better. I also think when you work as a Christian, you get better, don't you? Or you can just lay around and do nothing. We've got a lot of those Christians, don't we? Really don't get our hands dirty. Really don't want to dive in on anything. We'd, we'd rather just be on the sidelines. Really don't want to get in the game. Because we're in a game and we're going to have to do something. And we're going to have to uh, advance in doing something. We don't want to do that. Well, I don't think that's the kind of Christian God wants you to be, is it? I think God wants you to be a Christian who's not hiding anything. You're going to say, God, I'm willing to do what you want me to do. Sure, I'm going to mess up. Boy, when, I started, when I first started preaching, whew, I messed up a lot. Really did. Did some things in different ways, wasn't prepared as enough as I should, and all those type of things. Wasn't letting God just leave me and go ahead and preaching and different things. I, I had to learn. You had to learn to be a Christian too. And that's a growing process. And guess what? You're going to hit some bumps in the road. There's going to be times that you really don't want to take that title of a Christian. There's going to be days that you want to say, and there's a lot of people who really like to do this and want to say, Brother Paul, I just wanted to lay my Christianity down for a little while and go tell those people what I think about them. Brother Paul, I'm going to lay my Christianity down for just a little while and go do what I want to do and behave in the ways I want to behave. But that's okay. You can lay it down, but you still can't what? You can't hide from God. God knows exactly what you've done and exactly what's going on in your life. You can't hide the importance of working and becoming more of a Christian every day. And lastly, this morning, we cannot hide the importance of our church. What do you think? Anybody want to say amen besides Brother Charles? We cannot hide the importance of our church. Over Matthew 16, 18, it says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my 
church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. How important is church to you? On a scale of 1 to 10, where you put it at? Well, Sheila and Kevin and I went over to see Dean last Sunday. Took her a prayer shawl. She was so happy, just, just so, 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 so happy to get her prayer shawl. We put it around her. I took her picture and sent it to a few of you, and, and she was so excited. But there was one big thing that Dean wanted to do. Now, a little later on, she told us she wanted to go home. <laughs> that was her second thing. You know what the number one thing that Dean wanted to do? Come back to church. Come back to church. Now, there's a lot of other things that I'm sure is very, very important. You know, Dean needs to be able to get up and move and health needs to get better and those type of things. But she really, really, really wanted to come back to church. I've heard said this before, and you've heard it before too. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. We take that for granted, don't we? Take that for granted. When I was <laughs> leaving Vanderbilt, Sheila still gets a little irritated with me on this one, but it's all right. She still loves me. When we was leaving Vanderbilt, doctors looked at me and said, don't go back to church. You cannot go back to church for six months. And also, he went on from that, you cannot preach for a year. Well, that worked for a week, didn't it, honey? I had to come back to church. I think church is the core of your Christianity. You've got to have people around about you that you can feel a part of. And I, I've said this many times, we're a church family. And you need that in your life. You cannot hide that. But you show that, don't you? You show that with your attendance. You show that with how you, you live your life. I believe that Christians, we should be at church, and not only be at church, but be a part of church. Being something that's there, somebody that you can depend upon and just know that they are there for you. Church, church should be very important to you. Two weeks ago, when we didn't have church, I don't know if the rest of you is like this, I didn't know what day it was the rest of the week. Didn't know if it was Monday, didn't know if it was Tuesday. I just didn't know. Because church is sort of the center of your week. It should be as a Christian, shouldn't it? You should say, how important is my church to me? You can't hide it from God. God knows that. There's a lot of people say, well, I've heard this said many, many, many times. I can stay at home, be as much Christian as the people down there at that church is. Really? Then you're going to the wrong church. <laughs> Because I believe church is something that has you grow and become more like Christ and you cannot hide that from anyone. So today, little Adam and Eve <laughs> get us kick-started in the third chapter of Genesis. Right there in the beginning of the Bible. Can't go very far. You don't even have to look it up, do you? You don't have to look up Genesis. You know where it is. And it's very easy to find what page it is. Right there. They started playing hide-and-go-seek with God, didn't they? Did it work? No. Real quick, God found them out. Today, that age-old game, you can't hide from God today. God knows about the sins that's going on in your life. 
God knows what your difficulties are today. God knows what's holding you back from being the, the Christian you should be. God also knows what's holding you back from being the church member and church goer you should be. Today, it's already out in the open. And anybody that's ever come up here and prayed with me at the altar, you've never heard me say this. I say, is there anything you want to pray about? That's what I always say. I don't mean you have to tell me everything. I just mean it's between you and God. So only you and God is going to know what those things are. You are able to talk to God and God is, you can't hide it no more. One of the things I found out, you're going to feel better when you're not hiding stuff no more. It's going to have something relieved from you. You're going to, your mental state, your health is going to be better simply when you don't hide it from God. This morning, it's between you and who? You and God. Talk to Him and let Him come into your heart and into your life and mold you and shape you. We invite you to come as we have our closing song.